if I've got a low rate and I'm sitting there with a lot of equity, I'm probably not interested in moving. And so that just uh, makes the housing supply issue even worse. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. Hi, my name is Carrie Weckelow, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Actualized Consulting. And today we have our partner, Matt Sue, with us to talk about the mortgage industry. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm doing well today, Carrie. Um, I got to remember that COVID's over. I've been nothing short of busy on the road, um, attending a lot of conferences and so forth, and really getting a lot of feedback from the market. It's been it's been really refreshing, actually. Um, so I thought it would be good for maybe to give you a little bit of an overview of what I've seen um, over the last couple of months. Great. That sounds like a perfect place to start. All right. Very good. So you know, I think after going to the Mortgage Servicing Conference and hearing about the ICE event, and to a VA loan guarantee event, and among a bunch of other things. The one thing that is really interesting is that I'm getting consistent information across the board, which is is terrific. And where I see that there's been a lot of energy in the servicing side of the house, the the origination space has really been tough, and and I don't know that that that's that much of a surprise, um, but it, it does kind of illustrate where where we are as a mortgage business, and you know just some things that that are a little bit of uh, statistics and and so forth that might help explain a little bit about it. You know, rates right now are are very high. And we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. But but what's really what's really been the pattern is that you've seen so little supply on the market in terms of of housing, and and that's continuing. Um, and yet at the same time, uh, because rates have gone up, folks aren't refinancing and they're building equity. So it's a situation where most of the consumers that are on that have a house with a mortgage are building a lot of wealth in the short run, but it's almost like they're they're being locked into a situation. So, um, you know, what 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 are the impacts of that? Well, if I've got if I've got a low rate and I'm sitting there with a lot of equity, I'm probably not interested in moving, and so that just uh, makes the housing supply issue even worse. And new housing starts aren't out there. I mean, we live in an area in Northern Virginia where we do still see quite a bit of growth, but in, in other areas you're seeing, um, you're seeing very little new housing starts. And in fact, you're seeing a lot of areas where we're seeing a decline um, in population and, Things are just going to be tough, and so you know, I'd say that that as we've been to a lot of these events lately, we've we've consistently been hearing the same things. And and again, back on the servicing side, because 
we have seen so few people selling their homes and moving that makes that business an awful lot simpler in terms of worrying about churn and people refinancing and stuff. And so the the servicing business and the MSRs in relation to that have really held up. And and I don't think I don't know that we're going to see as much default as maybe some people had predicted before. And again, that gets back a little bit to how much equity people have in their homes. So you know. Pretty pretty decent um, amount of information that I've been getting. Okay. That does sound like there's a lot going on. What are you seeing in terms of the trends in the market right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that we've seen just recently another 25 basis points movement by the Fed. They've pretty much hinted that that's probably a pause in rate increases, but I do think that they've also indicated, and specifically because unemployment is so low that, you know, in order to curb inflation, there may need to be at least one more movement and rate. But I think the I think most of the market has kind of baked in the thought that there's a pause. Um, and so what, is, what does that mean? You know, it, it means that you're you're going to still see an enormous challenge in the affordable space. So um, as I had mentioned, you know, already that servicing is benefiting from this. The ability to originate is really tough. I mean, you just look at where rates were a year ago, we were just starting to see increases and now we're well into the sixes and some places have forecasted as high as 8% this year um, for a rate. Well, coupled with that, is the increase in real estate prices. And when you take that, it's kind of a double whammy. So with the the increased amount of P&I that you have to pay, um, given the rate increase plus the, the rising prices of homes, it just makes it really, really difficult um, for affordable and how people are going to be able to get their first homes. And so my my expectation is that we'll continue to see this. There's not anything really that's showing uh, home price depreciation. And I think the forecast is for a small increase for the rest of the year. You know, there are some places where we've seen migration out, specifically the Pacific Northwest, um, L.A., San Francisco Bay Area, parts of Arizona. Um, and, and so in those areas, you know, we are, we are seeing a lot of movement and, and perhaps some home price declines, but guess what? Um, those are some of the areas that are the most expensive. Um, and so talking about affordable and in California and the Pacific Northwest and Arizona is not always a simple conversation, but, um, you know, I think, I think that, I think that what we're in for really is a fairly steady state for quite a long time. Um, as much as we should see some home price appreciation and perhaps a little bit more housing supply come up, I don't think rates are going to move downwards um, within the next year, uh, perhaps a little bit. But I, I, again, I think that most of the, the folks that follow rates are thinking that we may even have that one more increase um, before they start to move downward. So 
you know, again, I think same type of thing for a long time. And, and again, I don't know that that's great for, for folks that are trying to get into their first home. So um, yeah, it's unlucky, <laughs> unlucky timing for them. And, and in fact, the timing is exactly that it is unfortunate. Um, and my son's actually getting a first home um, with his wife. They go to closing tomorrow, actually. Um, but they've, they've, you know, they've been working for a while. So they're a little bit farther along in terms of uh, the first time home buyer age. And they've been, been able to accumulate some wealth. They were in the Bay Area and making a lot of money there and moved to another part of the country that's a lot less expensive. But I think those are really more of the outliers. And so I think that I think that it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Well, on to um, another topic. How is the attention on bank stability impacting the mortgage market? Um, well, so this is um, this is a complicated question. So first and foremost, people are definitely paying attention to it. Let's not let's not think the other way on that. Um, but I also, you know, when you look at how the mortgage industry has changed over the last fifteen years, some of the biggest banks have fled um, the mortgage space in large part, or at least the mortgage servicing business. So entities like Chase and Citi. They're nowhere near as much in the business as they have been. Um, and so what happened over that time period is you saw companies like Mr. Cooper, Lakeview, a lot of companies that are that are um, very well known and large are actually non-bank entities. They're, they're lenders, um, but not banks per se. And so, you know, they aren't necessarily under pressure for the same reasons that the banks are, but there are some other implications on it. And so if you think about a non-bank, they don't have the capital to hold loans. They certainly don't have the deep pockets that a bank has in order to come to the closing table and fund the purchase. And so they rely heavily on warehouse banks. Well, what if what if some of the warehouse banks start getting pinched? You know, they'll certainly raise their lending fees in order to accommodate the risk, um, which does put pressure on the non-banks from a cost perspective, um, by the way, then making it even more difficult, pinching the affordable even more so. Um, but, you know, if there is a shortage of, of warehouse banks or they start pulling out, that's really going to be tricky because then you're going to be in a problem where there's not enough liquidity um, in order to allow these loans to go through the process. There was a period of time during the default crisis when when warehouse lenders pulled back, um, not because of the same issues, more so because of the risk of, of loans falling out and entities going out of business in the middle of the transaction. But it could be, you know, very similar um, in terms of the overall impact, uh, the creation of less warehouse lenders. And, um, you know, so I would say in fairness, it could be a little bit of a domino effect or it could be more than that. So right now I would say that the, the bank stability problems are going to have limited impact on the mortgage space. 
in terms of the non-banks, but it could it could turn up. Now, of course, you know any of these banks that are under pressure that are that are lenders would certainly um, create problems there. But you know, my market's kind of my mind is a little bit more on the positive side um, on that part of the conversation. Well, that's always a, a good way to look at the positive. There's always a, a positive in, in anything that's happening. If anything, it's also, you know, making sure that the risk is, is being looked at as well. Now, if you could predict the, what the industry looks like next year at this time, what would you say? Like, yep, yeah, sure. I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier mm-hmm. when I was talking about rates um, and affordability. I think that you're going to see some significant consolidation still. So where today you've seen some fairly decent sized companies be acquired, I do think there's going to be a lot of pressure on on the lenders in terms of profitability um, and just not having enough mortgages in in the market to make a lot of money. Um, Of course, we all know that most of them did nothing other than and pick up fee revenue and become even more fat and happy. And so, you know, I think there'll be consolidation. I think you'll see companies get acquired. I do think also that you're going to see something similar, if not more dramatic in terms of the mortgage tech space, especially some of the more recent emerging companies, um, fintech or otherwise, you know, these companies are are generally compensated um, on a per loan basis. And so with the lack of, of mortgage originations, it really, really gets difficult for these folks to survive. I think that, you know, we've seen companies like Roostify get acquired by CoreLogic. I think there's others that are hanging on by a thread. And so I would, I would suggest that in a year, we're going to start to see more and more shakeout in that. And, and then the other piece that, that everybody knows about is what about the ice and black Knight transaction? They're so big and they dominate so much of the market that, you know, clearly there's concern about antitrust, which is being worked through. But if, for example, they do consolidate. I think it's going to put much more pressure on the smaller new entrants. I think if not, then then maybe there's some some room for growth and and so forth. Um, so I think that's a, the highest level. I, I predict that there'll probably be a couple of new companies that come in to disrupt the servicing space and um, come in with a little bit of a better mousetrap on a servicing tech perspective. But, you know, my crystal ball only is so clear. And, of course, I, <laughs> I really can't predict the future. I would say, I mean, if you ask me longer than a year, I think you're I think we're going to be in a in a very long period of of static slash, um, you know, very little interesting things happening in terms of in terms of volume. So as as much as it's awesome for people that have a very low interest rate and don't want to refinance. Um, I just don't see the, I don't see things changing in, in a big way to create 
uh, an enormous rate reduction and refi wave. So I think we're going to kind of be in this market. I would suggest rates will move up and down here and there, depending on the economy. But again, that's more of what we were used to from the 90s into the 2000s prior to the default crisis. And so, you know, is it the new normal? I don't know. I mean, it seems to me like that's just the way it was and that that a lot of what we had after the default crisis was really an unusual time period. And so, you know, the only last thing that I would say is we are, gosh, next year at this time, we're well into the, into the primaries. And, you know, so I think we will see, we'll start to get a feel for whether the the Republicans or the Democrats may take, take some of more power, um, you know, and clearly, you know, the, the Republican side is going to be pushing for less less government involvement in the mortgage business. And, and I think the, the left agenda, which we've seen um, through Obama and Biden, is very much um, that the government not only is, is involved in the mortgage business, but continues to have much more control of the regulations through the GSEs, um, through the government agencies and the regulators. So um, I really don't have any idea. I, I think that, you know, the the chance of us getting a candidate that really is going to work across the aisle is, is, is very remote. Um, but, you know, I, the one thing that you can always say, no matter how clear your crystal ball is, is that the mortgage finance and housing um, sector is an enormous part of our economy, and it's very important for the viability of our our GDP, and um, it will be important regardless. So my hope is that nothing comes up that will create instability and chaos. Um, let's hope, right? So Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> that would be good. No, and I mean, I know we always say, I mean, everything kind of cycles through, um, but it's interesting to hear, you know, maybe we don't go back to, you know, as low as of interest rates and it it goes back to, you know, what we remember um, a bit more back in the day. So very interesting. And Matt, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, just thank you so much for having me. And I, I know that I'm one of your best customers for these podcasts, but um, honestly, you I mean, are. If, <laughs> if there's ever any questions, you know, you know where we can be found. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizeconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or would like to share your opinions with us, please send us a note at podcast at We look forward to hearing from you.